On today's episode of Double Down Trent, it is week one of the NFL season and we are back here at Double Down Trent doing our picks challenge. That's right, the man versus model challenge is back. This year we've got a new format and a new layout. The model was in the lab all off-season putting together our brand new beautiful webpage. So go to wdowntrent.com. Then click on the Man versus Model Challenge. You'll create an account, and you're going to make your picks. The format that we're doing this year, we are picking five of what we consider to be the best games of the week, and you're going to make your picks. Now, as you listen to the podcast, you may decide you want to pick just like the man, a.k.a. Ryan. You may ride with the model, or you could go with their insider, Coulter. So we are previewing five great games this week. It is NFL Week 1. Stay tuned for Episode 77 of Double Down Trend. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent all right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host, as always, with us today, Mr. Model Aaron. How you doing, my man? Uh, I'm excited for week one. We are here. We are standing at the precipice of football. I didn't know it was going to happen, and here we are. So let's get this yeah. going. I mean, again, we, we tipped it last week a little bit that we didn't expect this to be here, but it's here. And joining us again, as always, our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. I'm reaching for a cup of coffee. I love the, the eight in the morning sessions. It shows the dedication to not only podcasting, but the love of the game. And that's what this is all about. Uh, you know, I'm super jacked. This is everything to me. I love the NFL so much. Exactly. We are grinding 8 a.m. sessions. The podcast never sleeps. Aaron's on mountain time. He's up even earlier. Let's get going. It is week one and we are back now. We were doing picks last year. Obviously, we did college football. We discussed the NFL college this year. You know, some 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 uh, conferences are in some are not. So we are focusing on NFL. So for all of our listeners out there, we are inviting you to go to double down to play along with us. Mr. Model created this beautiful app for us. We are official. We're going to be doing five games a week. So Mr. Model, why don't you give us a little insight here into what we're doing? Yep. So if you go to doubledowntrent.com, you click on man versus model. It's right there on the homepage. And then you click on submit picks. It's going to kick you out into this uh, standalone app that we're now running called app.doubledowntrent.com. It's going to be a pick'em context that you're going to be doing against all of us here on the podcast as well as all the other listeners. We're going to be picking five NFL games each week against the spread. We will pick likely the best five games that we're seeing on the slate. Uh, we already have week one up, so go in, get in there, see what uh, see what you like, see what you don't like. When you go in there, what you can do is you can pick uh, a team and their spread. So if you like, for example, Green Bay plus two and a half against Minnesota, 
Um, I don't think that's one of the games that we're, we have highlighted this week, but that's just nope, an example. We, we, we do. We've got oh, that one. We've great. Got Packers, Minnesota. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think that's like the third best game of the weekend. Great. I don't even remember what we have. So you have an app that you can go in and use. The first time you log in, you'll have to create a username and password. And then that will be something that you'll be able to use each time you log in. And from there, you just go in, you pick your games, and you'll see uh, we created a little standings, and we will have everything up and running. We'll pick five games each week. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah. And this was something we had in the works. And the model was in the lab, putting in all the hard work, and we got this up and running. And yesterday, it came to our attention that a competitor of ours, if you will— Bill Simmons over at the ringer is doing the exact same thing, picking five games with, uh, I believe DraftKings or one of those guys. So for the record, they ripped us off first. Okay. Let that be known. And I also want to just, uh, welcome for any new listeners that may be out there. We call it man versus model because I am just a guy who likes football, played football, knows a lot about football. Aaron created a data learning model to help him get an edge using analytics to pick games. That's the man versus model. And, but you know, go ahead, Aaron. We, we should be very clear on that. I am certainly no human model. I am I'm purely a data model. Uh, and we need to strictly the numbers <laughs> do not have the hair for a human model. It's for sure. <laughs> and now we've got our we insider have, culture. He's got the leg up. Pod, right? <laughs> so let's uh before we go over our uh picks that we're looking at and and actually making our selections week one is here there's a lot different this year obviously so coulter why don't you give us kind of your uh your first week one uh i guess impressions things you're going to be looking for that you know the listeners and the pickers might want to be aware of yeah, um, you, you, similar to last season, I think everybody will remember this because it was so distinct. Uh, Baltimore absolutely ran amok in Miami last year, uh, 59 to 10. So you want to look for explosive offenses. And I think we have a couple this year that are just going to be at a total advantage throughout the season. Um, I think you're going to get that with Kansas City. Their offense will be literally unstoppable. I think you're going to get that down in Dallas. I think there's just too many weapons for Dak Prescott. Um and I think you're going to get that in New Orleans, too. I think Drew Brees is, you know, he's one of the most accurate passers in NFL history for a reason. You add in Emmanuel Sanders, you're talking about a guy who was uh, literally a mere inches away from catching that Super Bowl touchdown pass. He could have been a hero, a two-time Super Bowl champion. You add him into the mix with Michael Thomas, who broke Jerry Rice's records last year, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook. That's a very good offensive team. And as we mentioned last week, Winston as a backup, they, this team is safe if Breeze goes down. So I think those four, three offenses are explosive. Tampa Bay also has a, uh, an explosive offense that I think um, once we get into the middle part of the season, that's a team that you're going to want to bet on a lot because I think they're going to get gel. But right off the bat, I think those three teams, uh, New Orleans, um, Dallas, and Kansas City are going to have a distinct advantage on offense. And you know what? I, I started the kind of ramble talking about Baltimore. I think Lamar Jackson and company also have another week one advantage. These are defenses, remember, that haven't been hitting a lot. They're going to be slow. They haven't been tackling. So if you're going to put your money somewhere, I would put it on uh, some of these, you know, I know, quote unquote, best teams in the league. But I think they have a distinct advantage over the defenses early in the season. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be really interesting this week as well in week one, because this is the first time really there's been no preseason games. So 
it's tough to tell who's going to be gelling and who's going to take some time to really find their strides. I think you want to look, uh, at least from my perspective, for teams with co- cohesion and you know bringing back a lot of guys and a lot of uh, the same players from last year. Do you think that's going to have an impact, Walter, or do you think it's just going to be whatever, this is just a oh. regular week one? Oh, absolutely. I think that the cohesion is exactly what I was talking to. Um, you look at Baltimore, that offense is more or less the same. I, I know they got rid of Hurst and they added Dobbins. They got rid of Marshall Yanda, I should say. The guard is a big loss for them. But, I mean, this is a team that's going to be doing the exact same thing that they did last year, um, and they're pretty comfortable doing it. You know, same thing with the Saints. You know, they retooled a little bit getting Sanders. But, I mean, this is basically the same offense, and there's a lot of cohesion with Thomas and Breeze, obviously. So I I agree with what you just said. I think you want to look for teams um, that have been there before. But also I think it's important, like, we're going to get into uh, my poor Broncos here in a second. Like, yeah, there's cohesion, quote-unquote, in Denver as Locke was the guy who ended the year last year and is now the starter. But, like, he hasn't done it for a full year. So there's, like, different levels of cohesion. Drew Brees is a 40-year-old. He's an adult. He has done this now yeah. the Saints for 10-plus seasons. And they've been the best team in football record-wise over the last five years, uh, obviously having gotten done in the postseason. But, like, this is a regular season juggernaut, folks. And they start off slow, too, I should say. The Saints are a historically slow starter. And so maybe that is bad betting advice. They do struggle in week one and two. But, like, man, this is a regular season team. I can't re- emphasize that enough. And if you like the Saints – bet them here, you know, week three, week four, because this is when the team gets hot and they start winning games in stretches. Uh, this is a good team, I think, in New Orleans. Yeah. And and Mr. Model, you know, I think the same could be said for the Vegas line makers. They didn't have a chance to see these teams play in preseason. And granted, you know, that that's obviously not a huge indicator of what's going to happen in the season, but it gives them a chance to at least see what these teams are doing, what their starters are doing, if there's going to be any guys emerging. Do you think that's got an impact on week one and maybe there's going to be some value out here in week one? Well, that's a great point. And I was going to have that question for you all. So when I think of week one, especially in college and a little bit in NFL, I I kind of think more along the lines of do I take some of the points in the underdogs? Uh, Because it's harder to assess the the talent that's going to be coming in, especially without having any preseason games. I'll admit, I don't want to give my strategy away in this office pick em pool, but I may be on more underdogs this week one than I, uh, than I typically am uh, in later seasons once I feel like I kind of have a good grasp of the team. Um, but that will be something that will be interesting to see as it plays out. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, do you, in our- do you think – yeah, our, as we've gone over in the pool, it's a flat line. So there's the dogs have a limited advantage, I think, in our pool. But in real life, if you are betting on this, like here's a great example. Carolina. Vegas has gone from a half point favorite in the offseason to now a, a full field goal uh, favorite on the road in Carolina. If you like the young Panthers, just wait until game day. I think the public's going to keep pounding that up to three and a half to maybe even four because everybody thinks Carolina can't play defense. This is too young of a team to even win a game this early in the season. If you like Carolina, just keep waiting because that number is just going to keep getting larger. Same with Jacksonville. It sounds suicidal to bet Jacksonville week one, but that number is just going to keep getting inflamed. It was six and a half. It's already eight and a half. It's going to get to 10 by game day, I bet. Uh, Chargers, Cincinnati. That one actually hasn't moved, but I could see more movement on the Chargers. as People are going to fade the shitty teams, obviously. Bales. Panthers. I mean, I'm not saying anything people don't know, but I guess if you like the dog, get get in on it late. 
the one line move that I actually have seen, which is really random, and I noted it in our Google Doc, was actually the the dog that's getting steamed is the the Washington football team, which I was surprised about. They went down from six and a half to five and a half. I think that's because the Eagles have had line trouble, uh, injuries at the receiver. So people are actually sniffing up the value on that. That's actually my key pick in the pool because I think the value is still there. So it, it's a matter of just being attuned to which way the line is moving. On a lot of these underdogs, though, it is moving in a way where you're getting more points uh, later in the week for sure. Absolutely. So uh, it's going to be a real crapshoot. We, we're starting off the Thursday night game. Uh, we've got the uh, the Chiefs and the Texans. Uh, you know, we're going to see what those Chiefs have got. They're they're that you know cohesive unit. And we finally we get Bill O'Brien, our old punching bag, to start the season on a Thursday night. I just cannot wait for it. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, they they lock up Deshaun Watson for this long extension. Love that but, contract. Yeah, I do too. But I mean, you know, he, he doesn't really have his weapons or he's, he's he, it's going to be interesting without Hopkins with him to see exactly what he can do. But you know, this could be his kind of, it's not a revenge season the way we might see like an Aaron Rodgers put through a revenge season, but it's his, maybe this is his like, listen, I'm the stud here. This is my team. Let's go. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Watson. Cause I have a prop best bet. I don't know if you want me to give that out to the listeners before we hand out the picks, but uh, this is actually my favorite play of the week. It's not a team bet. It's actually a prop bet. My picks are a little bit inconsistent because it's week one. Obviously we don't know, but this one is a guaranteed winner for the list listener. Randall Cobb over receptions. I estimate the book is going to post a 4.5 number for this. Maybe even less. If we get lucky, I think this game is going to be an absolute shootout and the Texans are going to be playing from behind a lot, which means pass attempts by Watson. Although Houston's line has improved. I think Watson is going to check down and move the ball down the field, utilizing Cobb. These two already have had plenty of time to find rhythm in the offseason, as cooks has not played once. Uh, he's been sidelined because of concussion woes and may not even play. Now you might say, oh, wow, does that mean the defense is going to shift over to Cobb, the same Kansas City defense that's been noted as improving in the past defense over the last six to eight games of their regular season last year? No, because guess who te- Houston has? They have Will Fuller on the outside, and to replace uh, Cooks, if he doesn't play, they have Kenny Stills, who's 27 years old and can still run a 4-3. They have burners galore on this team. If Cooks goes, they put in, in – this offense will hum down the field. They will, they have burners galore, I'm telling you. Cobb can just sneak down in the middle of the field and just catch passes. They don't have a tight end. I think the game dictates over with points. The situation dictates over. If the line is anything under 4.5, this is a best, best bet. Um, I can't I can't rave, rant and rave about this enough. I really hope the line comes out soon enough. I think your analysis there is perfect, too, because that's going to be a shootout. The Texans, you know, are going to be trailing. It could actually even play out a little similar to their playoff game. Not necessarily where the Texans jump out to a big lead on yep. them, but you could get that same kind of high high point scoring game. I can't believe that people are, uh, you know, Kenny Stills, This not to go into a fantasy tangent, is 1% owned. I mean, this is a pass offense. What am I yeah. missing here? This is a vertical Deshaun Watson will throw deep all all season long and they have Johnson as a check down running back. This is not a team that's hiding with its identity. They're not ground and pound like Tennessee. This is a flat out throwing offense. They've got burners on the outside. As I mentioned, I love, I love actually like what they've done with the, the receiving core. If, if Fuller can stay healthy, him stills and, and cooks are the three best burners in the receiving core. And then you've got Cobb, as I've already mentioned, is just the perfect underneath compliment, a true veteran in the sense of the word. Um, I, I love this bet. I can't, I can't emphasize it enough. Go out and get it. Try to hope and pray that the book gets a three and a half fingers crossed. Cause that's a light. There you go. 
There you go, folks. A little extra tidbits here. Double down, Trent. All right, let's just get right into our contest. Mr. Model, you want to go through the five games that we've selected for week one? Yes. So the five games that we have uh, first is San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. San Francisco is home for that. San Francisco is currently favored the line that we're using at minus seven and a half. The second one is going to be New Orleans Saints against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, we have New Orleans favored at minus three and a half. Third game, Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. Minnesota's home. Minnesota's favored by minus two and a half. The fourth game, the one that we'll talk about, uh, Los Angeles Rams versus the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be in L.A. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are an underdog. We have that line locked in at two and a half. And then the last one, uh, Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Baltimore is the big favorite there at minus seven and a half. Yep. And I just want to make a quick point, too, for the the listeners here. So we're doing pretty much the opening lines here. Obviously, lines can change. Lines can move. But we figured to make it most fair for the listeners playing in this competition that we're going to put it in on the opening line. Don't take into effect any line changes that may come in. Uh, so when you're playing, you know, obviously you may see different lines on your book or wherever you're looking. But for our contest, we're using the opening lines. All right. That's our five slates of games here. Why don't you just take it away, Mr. Model? Give us your first pick. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this and I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it. So my first bet that I'm going with is going to be Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys. Kessel, your favorite your favorite team, America's team. Good God. <laughs> I'm taking them minus two and a half uh, over the Los Angeles Rams. This is something that I think we'll maybe have a little debate about. Um, I am full in on the uh, Dallas hype train this season. I think they're going to be a better team. I actually love them being in Southern California uh, as the first game. Uh, hopefully not a whole lot of weather. I think Dallas, like Coulter said earlier in the podcast, has a ton of weapons, and I'd like to see them improve. Two and a half feels like a gift to me that you're taking it under a field goal. It's already moved up to minus three, so there's already uh, some Dallas momentum in terms of bets. Uh, this is my first my first bet that I'm all in on, and I uh, I welcome a Dallas Cowboy win in week one. Okay, Coulter, what, what's your take here? Yeah, I, my actual other best bet is the Rams. Um, but model did put in a good thing. Uh, I would not recommend it to people that are actually using their own money at plus two and a half, which I have it in the pool. I would recommend you getting that three. If, and if you don't get that hook, I would just stay away. Um, I think the Rams, this is a simple handicap. Actually. I think the Rams are the most disrespected team in the, in the league. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago, and now they're not even cracking most people's top 16 or 20 lists in the league. I think that's just incorrect. Aaron Donald makes his team in contention. They think they're a Super Bowl contender. If you've been watching Hard Knocks, they don't think they're going to be going under eight and a half wins. They think they're going to be in the playoffs. This is not a team that's rebuilding. They want to make a statement in their new home stadium on week one against the team that's being super hyped. They're looking to spoil the Cowboys opener. And this is a Dallas team that has failed with pressure in the past before. And they have a ton of pressure and hype as the model pointed out. I'm on the Dallas train, and I think that this could end up being like Baltimore last uh, year where they score 50 points in week one, and everybody on uh, Monday morning is just exclaiming about, man, how potent is that Dallas offense? You know what, though? I'm going to just fade it, though. I, I don't know if they do that in week one. Um, I just think Prescott could be in for a dud here. I think Donald manhandles the rookie center. I think they've had problems at right tackle with Collins. 
uh, and the offense might not be full gel mode in week one. Uh, I'm just not buying into the hype this early in the Dallas season. I think I've got a coaching advantage too here with McVay over um, McVay over uh, Mike McCarthy. I like what the Rams did in the off season, and I I just I'm going to be looking at play on them. You're going to probably hear me taking the Rams a lot. I just think that they're undervalued. I think uh, we'll get to the other team that's super undervalued and disrespected, and that's that's the Tennessee Titans. But I think the Rams are their counterpart in the NFC. You both made some very strong points. Uh, Mr. Model, Dallas's offense is electric. They're going to put up a ton of points throughout the season. They got fantasy guys galore. Um, the only thing that worries me is, like Coulter said, is the pressure. Now, if our other punching bag, Jason Garrett, who's now my New York football Giants offensive coordinator, if he was still the coach, this is a loss. There's no way they're going into L.A. and winning that game. McCarthy, though, gives me a new wrinkle here that I'm a little concerned about. Um, and I also think a few things to look for, uh, like you said, Coulter is Aaron Donald's going to manhandle that offensive line. Normally the Dallas offensive line is their strong point. They've had some turnover there. It's not quite the exact same line that, that we've seen in the past. Lel Collins, their, their right tackle, he's out that presents another option. So the Rams can move Aaron Donald kind of around, not necessarily play defensive end, but you know, they, they've been known to move him around. I think this is a very high scoring game. Uh, and I'd like the Rams here. I'm actually taking this as a pick as well. I'm getting the Rams at home with points. Um, I, I also wouldn't bet this at two and a half, uh, if I'm actually, you know, going to be putting live bullets down on this one, but give me the Rams again, though. This is a problem that I have when I watch hard knocks every year, I get hyped up by that team. You know, I, I just see the weapons. I see them gelling. You see a little insight into them. Um, but another storyline here that kind of goes under the radar is the that brand new stadium. They have that big, massive, gorgeous, brand new stadium. If you had fans in there, that place is going to be rocking. And now it's going to be interesting. So uh, I don't think you can really factor in the home field advantage here at all. But I'll take the uh, I'll take the Rams and the points. I was very weirded out that the line went the other way with the lack of home field advantage. I would have thought it would have, cause it, it was three all preseason and then it went down to two and a half and then our pool locked it in at two and a half, which is unfortunate because I don't get why there was any movement on the Rams being a home team. Cause there's no home field advantage as you pointed out, but I do like the stadium angle personally. One other part of that, this handicap I wanted to throw out here. This is a name that everybody should remember. Brandon Staley is the Rams new defensive coordinator coming in for uh, Wade Phillips. I think this is a guy we're going to hear about a lot on Sunday night during the broadcast. I put over under Brandon Staley mentions from Chris Collins were three and a half. I'm going over on that. This is going to be a guy <laughs> who's going to make a name for himself this year. He was on the Broncos defensive staff under Willis Phillips when we won the Super Bowl. Big fan of Brandon Stanley. He's only 37 years old. I think he fits the young, youthful locker room. I love Wade Phillips. You guys know that. I'm a big Wade fan, but you know what? Sometimes you just needed that youthful injection. This is a young, talented defense. I like the Rams. All right. Uh, all right, so we both got our, our picks in there. We all, Me and you, Coulter, are on the Rams. Mr. Model, you are on the Cowboys. That's going to be one that we're going to be watching closely, folks. So let's see what happens there. Uh, okay, Mr. Model, why don't you take us to your key pick your lock of week one. Yep. Lock of the century. I've gone back and forth on this. So maybe not lock of the century, but I just love it at this line. We have Tennessee at minus a half point over my own Denver Broncos and Coulter's Denver Broncos. 
That line has now trickled up to minus two and a half. I think given some of the recent news with Von Miller possibly being out for the season, I can't believe I'm ever going to say this, that I'm betting on Tannehill, but I, I actually really like their team. And I think the embrace it model, embrace it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so what my approach for this is I've done some, some artificial power rankings that I put together and then I've compared that to the, to the lines and how they've changed over time. That's how I'm at least starting the season. Um, I should have mentioned that for the Dallas pick, but that's kind of how I'm uh, using uh, to select my picks. And, and this Tennessee one was by far and away one of the best at minus a half point. So I'm all over that. I am making this my key pick for the week. I actually already have a little nice bet down on this one um, before the line moved up to minus two and a half. So I am all in on the Tennessee Titans in Denver this week. Also note, being in Denver, we've gotten a bunch of snow. I don't think that it'll be around by the time that this game actually happens on Monday night. But I think that there might be a nice wrinkle on that. If there's something that we where we do have weather, this this game could go low. Absolutely wild that Denver was like 85 degrees one day and then got a blizzard the next day. Only in 2020. Don't forget about the fires, too. Yeah. Yeah. 50-degree change in one day. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now, Coulter, this is your team. I wanted to first give you a chance to uh, vent, get a little maybe Dr. Melfi session in here about Von Miller. How do you feel about this pick, and how do you feel about your Broncos now? Yeah, well, you know, my expectations were mild on the team. I don't think we have enough depth on defense to actually contend, especially with a juggernaut like Kansas City. But obviously losing Miller is just unfortunate because – him and McManus are the last pieces from our championship years. Uh, we let Chris Harris go in the off season, which was sad. And then we traded Sanders last year during the trade deadline. Um, so it's really just Vaughn and, and McManus. And so without Vaughn, we totally lack leadership on this team. Um, this is a team I'm going to fade every week. We don't have depth on defense. Our offensive line is a question mark, especially at left tackle. We have a young quarterback who's unproven. We have a coach who I don't think is very good. And now we don't have leadership, uh, which is, I think, the most important thing in the NFL year to year. And especially during COVID, uh, it is not a good situation in Denver. I would stay away from this team at all costs. I will say the one thing that worries me now about this line is that everybody is using the Von Miller storyline. And obviously, Tennessee is now getting way overvalued. We're talking about a team that was plus two, now is minus two and a half. We'll probably get to minus three for kickoff. Uh, and there is that altitude thing that we talk about every year. The Broncos do open up well, usually at home. Uh, and you know what? I, I've gone on this rant several times this week that Vrabel will have his team prepared because he's a Belichick guy. Um, but you know what? Like, obviously, the proof is in the pudding. It's tough for any coaching staff to go into Denver in September without that altitude training. With that said, my second uh, best bet is Tennessee. I think there's value of it in the pool at 0.5. Um, and this is just a straight power ranking matchup. Tennessee is a top three or four team in the AFC heading into the season. The Broncos I had at 11 before the Von Miller injury. I think I might have to drop them down to 12 or 13. I just don't like the outlook for the team. Uh, that news, I know they could rally around the, uh, you know, our leader has fallen and that could give them some extra motivation in week one. I mean, they're going to be amped up to play, I'm sure. But like, I just don't see it. I, I don't get how uh, Denver was close to being favorited here, even before this injury. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the Titans are disrespected. Even the fact that they were dogs opening this uh, opening this game in the, in the preseason, I thought that was disrespectful. If it was Baltimore, the Ravens would have been minus three, uh, and Tennessee just whipped their ass in the postseason badly. Uh, I, I think 
Clowney here also gives the Titans a little extra motivation. That shows to that locker room that bit, that management is all in on them winning a title this year. And I think that's important. And I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, I mean, offenses that uh, have an advantage. I think Henry has an advantage over every opposing defense. Nobody wants to tackle this guy. The model just hinted at the cold weather. What do you think that's going to do to the defenses? You think they're going to want to tackle Derrick Henry in that in the week one? They didn't want to tackle him in January, for Christ's sakes. Uh, there's no other advantage here besides the altitude and maybe the Broncos locker room rallying behind the injury. I just don't see how the Broncos can win this, this game. Um, and it's a good line. It's a good value play. And based on my power ranking matchup, I have to take it. And yeah. I agree with everything the model said too. It's just, it's too obvious. Uh, I'm on Tennessee as well here. This, this is not one of our five games we've got in our, uh, pick them challenge, but it is a best bet. Um, I think that the Titans uh, signing Clowney is is a huge thing that can't go overlooked. I mean, obviously he's an impact player, but Clowney had some of his best years when Mike Vrabel was uh, a coach with the Texans. So I think you're really going to find he ways where good lines up against our biggest weakness and yeah. and Garrett Bowles. I mean, I talk about a When I saw that news last week, breaking that he was considering Tennessee or New Orleans, I was saying, please don't be Tennessee just because week one, if he gets on the field somehow, he could end up really could end up ending lock season in week one. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen the highlight of him at South Carolina. I just imagine my quarterback getting swallowed up by that monster. Uh, say what you will about Clowney's NFL career, but that guy's a top five physical presence I've ever seen in my entire existence. So absolutely. I, and even, I, even I if he doesn't come up point. with like six or seven sacks, you know, they're going to have to worry about him. They're going to have to yeah, chip yeah. him. They have to double. So that opens a up good, a lot of that's options. That's a good defensive line. People yep. have been, blowing smoke up the Colts offensive line. Go watch the tape. Tennessee manhandled them up front. I can't wait to bet Tennessee over Indianapolis when they play. Cannot wait. I think Indianapolis overvalued Tennessee undervalued. Give me the Titans. Well, that's a unanimous pick there, Mr. Model. Well done. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking speaking of the Colts, though, I I, do, I know I just threw a little salt on them. That that could this game as I'm looking through the schedule. I know I kind of referenced the good offenses at the top of the pod. This could be the game, the Miami Ravens game from last year. This year's game could be the Colts Jaguars. The Colts could score 50. Jacksonville has totally quit. This game could just be a total breakaway. So eight might be even light. I know it's been steamed up a little bit, but that might be the one where I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say in short is don't think about Jacksonville. I know the number will get to 10 and you might be tempted by the double digits. This game could get out of hand quickly. This is a Jaguars team that is laying down before the season even begins. Yep. All right, Mr. Coulter, why don't you take us away with your best bet for the week? Oh, that was the best bet. The Titans. Oh. I can do, I can do a third one though. If you want. Yeah. Go ahead. Throw one in there. If you got one, <laughs> I like Washington football team at six and a half as an underdog at home. Uh, I think the defensive line there is one of the top 10 in the NFL. And I think Philly's offensive line is in shambles. I don't trust Philly's locker room as we've talked about in this podcast before. I D and Jeffrey do not like Wentz. There is a lot of turmoil there. I don't care if they've said they've worked it over. I don't believe it. I think there is some sort of weird dynamic there that I just don't trust that won't be alleviated until Jackson and Jeffrey are officially out of the team. Um, Sanders is hurt. I think football team has weapons outside. McLaurin is obviously the receiver one who people love in fantasy, but I like this kid, Steve Sims Jr. He's been getting rants and raves. Uh, Gibson is another guy similar to the defensive coordinator on the Rams, who I would bet that we hear about in week one. I think the announcers are going to fixate on him. I could see him having a huge game. Uh, 
and I like Rivera changing the culture of that locker room. I kind of just like this one. The Rams or the I'm sorry, Washington football team kept it close last year, week one against Philly. I think they're going to do the same thing this year. I just cannot buy into them. Uh, I have I, I did pick them in our pool, our uh, you know office football pool, but I looked through their roster. Scary Terry to me seems like the only guy you would need to concern yourself about, right? I mean, they're, they're they've sure that they've got guys coming. Sims, Sims Junior. Yeah. Just wait and watch. We'll see. I, it's tough because of of Haskins, and that's why you yeah. don't want to take this team. Uh, I get that for sure. I will say this though, Haskins, you know, not that Kyle Allen is necessarily the best backup in the league, but they've had Smith and Allen. That, you know, where I work, I mean, we have Washington Football as one of our teams. Like, that's a pretty competitive quarterback camp there and he was pushed they didn't just hand him the job because he was picked 15th overall last year so i mean i think he won the job fair and square uh we'll see i mean it's definitely a question mark for sure you're you're risking a lot on Dwayne haskins taking the washington football team week one yeah i I was going through um preparing for a fantasy draft tonight uh and there was just a bunch of teams there's at least three or four teams where i was looking at them and i said i don't want a single player from that team on my fantasy team just because their quarterback situations are are up in the air um and and washington to me like i mean like i said mclaren's there sims is there they might have some weapons but man they're they're just they're in a tough spot i think they could be competing for one of the worst teams in the league again this year Okay, now for me, my key pick is one of our five that we highlighted. Maybe I misunderstood that one, but I got to ask you this, Mr. Model. What was my nickname last year? Key Pick Kazale, if I remember correctly. Key Pick Kazale, that is correct. And what did I do? I made a habit of picking the hard games, the games where nobody wanted to take the action because it was too close. Well, I'm doing it again. I'm starting week one, just how I left off last year. I am taking my attention to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints game. Oh, boy. This to me is the most interesting week one game, obviously, because you got Brady. We've got Brady versus Breeze, the two old guys going toe to toe. You're telling me that (laughs) New Orleans who now loses their home field edge. That place gave them such an edge. And I've got Tom Brady with Gronk and a whole shitload of weapons getting points. Do you know how very rare it is to get Tom Brady getting points and it's more than a field goal? I am in. (laughs) Give me the bucks plus three and a half. Lock it in. Take it to the bank. Count your money later, okay? It's going to be a high-scoring game. It is. And I know the Saints have weapons. Kamara just got his fresh contract or is assumingly going to get his fresh contract. He's going to be a weapon. You've got Michael Thomas. I understand that. The Bucks defense is, is pretty good. It's a good team, okay? And now we're getting an offense that can go toe-to-toe with the Saints. And Coulter, what did you say at the top here? The Saints are a notoriously slow-starting team. I love Brady with the points. What do you think? Two and 10 in the last uh, six seasons in the first two weeks of the year, two and 10. And they have the best record in the NFL in the regular season over that same stretch of years. Isn't that insane? Crazy. Actually, I think it's over five years, but still, I mean, basically this team wins games in the regular season, but can't win them in week one or two. That's, that's the gist of the stat. Yeah. Um, I love the handicap there. Uh, I also am in Tampa Bay strictly because of that little cute half point that they tacked on for us. I think it's too valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think the Saints win this game by a field goal and we win our bet. Uh, I think the Saints are the better team. I think they have a better defense. I think they have a better cohesion. I think they have a better coach. Uh, but I do like the points that you raised that the crowd noise is eliminated. I think this line reflects a full uh, Superdome, right? If the, yep. if the Superdome was full, that would be the line, three and a half. But the yeah. Superdome isn't full. So why is the half point there? It should be a field goal or two and a half. Brady, uh, you know, has has been working with this team. Uh, if there's any been, anyone that's been ignoring the social distancing protocols <laughs> this offseason, it's been Tom Brady. He's had plenty of time to work out with this guys. I like this little guy not to do another fantasy rant, but Scotty Miller, the slot receiver. I love him to be this year's Julian Edelman. Another guy who I could just see being mentioned a ton on Sunday's broadcast by Joe Buck. Scotty Miller, household name by the end of the weekend. Um, I don't think the Saints have a guy to guard the slot either. Uh, so that's why I kind of like that matchup. And you mentioned the tight end thing, too. This is a Saints team the last time we saw them that got run amok by Kyle Rudolph. They, this Bucks team has not only Gronk, but they also have O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. They have mm-hmm. Evans and Godwin, who the Saints team has seen. But they just have a, an abundance of weapons, as you alluded to. And then, you know, Arians is now saying Fournette will get time. I think the offensive line is better down there. I like Tampa. Yeah. And I, I give Bruce Arians a lot of credit. He's a great offensive mind. And when you look back at some of the things that Brady was really successful at, it was running sets with multiple tight ends. And they have that. I would be shocked if Bruce Arians doesn't come up with a creative way to get multiple tight ends on the field, plus those weapons out on the outside. And then who, who do you cover? You know, you can't double team everyone. You're going to have enough guys that are open. If you just double team, say Mike Evans or, or Godwin, uh, I just think they're going to put up points. I know they I know the saints have Lattimore. He can lock down a guy one-on-one, but there's just too many weapons out there for me. And I think Arians gets creative with this playbook and, and puts up a ton of points. I think if the Saints struggled, not to keep harping on what happened in January, but I think if the Saints struggled at home in a must-win playoff game against Minnesota, who doesn't have nearly as much talent as Tampa has this year, and they have Kirk Cousins versus Tom Brady, if they struggled in that situation with a home crowd with a Super Bowl on the line after they had lost to the Rams the previous year, they struggled to Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. And I know it's the playoffs. Everybody's super motivated. They're going to struggle with Tom Brady. Like, yeah, that's all bottom line. I, yeah, I can't. I can't uh, fathom that Tom Brady is not going to have a huge game here in week one. And again, I, I think the Saints will win by a field goal, but that hook is just it's too much. I'm going with Tampa as well. And and my last little handicap for this team for this week is the fact that Tom Brady, it's not a fuck you season, but it's really close because I think he wants to go out to prove that he was the most important piece of that Patriots dynasty, not Belichick. It was Brady. I think these guys the entire season are going to be looking at each other, trying to one up each other, even though they're in different divisions, different conferences. I think Brady's going to want to prove that he's the guy. And, and it's the I most intriguing storyline of the year, I would argue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That Belichick Brady divorce and how the fallout from the divorce and what it looks like. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, I would just be so shocked beyond anything if he came out week one with his new team and just laid an egg. I, I just I don't see it, especially given the talent he's got around him. So that's why I'm, I'm liking him. Not to mention, this is a team that had egg after egg after egg last year. 30 picks from Winston. I mean, this is yeah. going to be a motivated team to play with Brady. He's motivated to show off or show up Belichick. This is a team that's motivated to get to the postseason. They were seven and nine last year. If it wasn't for those 30 picks, they probably could have been in the playoffs, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and then, and this is a game, you know, I, I can quickly take a peek here, but I wonder what the, uh, the over under is for this game. It's gotta be something like 53 or so, something ridiculously high, right? I think it's 53. Yeah. You nailed it. Good job. Yeah. All right. How about that? Wow, it's, 40, it's no, 49. 49. 
Whoa. Whoa. That's a week Whoa. one hit. That's a week one yeah. right there. Yeah. I think there's so not sure what's going to happen. Here's my thing is the Rams game is 51 and a half. And I get the cowboy factor there that they could score 40 by themselves. Uh, but Goff and Prescott versus Breeze and Brady. I don't know why the, the total should be the same in those two games. If anything, I, that's very confusing. Yeah, absolutely. Also just a little quick one. I just noticed speaking of lines, I, I referenced it earlier. Colts 45 and a half. Give me the over. They could score me that the by that them. One. They could score that by themselves against this Jacksonville team. Remember there's 60 minutes in a game. Jacksonville has quit before the game has started. <laughs> That's a lot of time for a team to score points. We saw it last year with the Dolphins in week one. I'm just putting it out there. I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. All right. Those are our uh, week one picks here now. Any other parting thoughts? I I got one quick one here. Uh, What do you guys think about the Bears starting our punching bag, Mitch Trubisky? I just I was shocked when I saw that. Like, what were they thinking? I was actually going to go with the Lions as a best bet in, in on this po- podcast, but then the line opened at three and a half, which has that hook again, which I can't take as a best bet, especially with Detroit in week one, nonetheless, after last year's debacle with Arizona. Uh, I, not to keep making like guarantees, but this one's going to just be a crappy game. <laughs> this is the one you don't want to watch. Most uh, potential for a tie is Detroit, Chicago. Most, uh, <laughs> In most infuriating fantasy game of the week, if you have players in it, you're going to want to pull out your hair. The Mats are just not good people. <laughs> Nagy and Patricia, <laughs> I, just going against each other in week one, I just I want to stay away from that game. Uh, I do think it's a good call, though, to go with Mitch because then they can just give the reins over to Foles and, and that will end the Mitch era. I think they got to give him a shot here at the beginning of the year because if you yeah. go with Foles, then Mitch just can't even play, basically. And then that whole draft pick is a waste. You got to at least let him try to prove himself here early. I guess that's a fair point, but you bring in a, uh, an experienced veteran like Foles, at least you're going to be competing. You know, I, I we know what I, Mitch Trubisky is. He sucks. I, I think, I think what camp revealed is that Foles really isn't that much better than Mitch. And that the, what I just said is enough to, you know, let's say it's Foles is two rungs up the ladder of Mitch. If they have the draft pick capital that they want to try to like gain money back on or whatever they're going to play Mitch and then if they're going to I mean he's basically their guy and and Foles is not and and Foles just didn't do enough to win the job so I mean that's an indictment on Foles if he was really that good he would have won the job that's fair so I'm going to give the listeners one last piece of advice as well every year I feel like there's a team that kind of is that dog that's you know on the radar but they're getting a lot of points every week I think that team is going to be the Arizona Cardinals now they're getting seven and a half this week against the the Niners. That line seems about right. The Niners are a really good team. I just have a feeling that last year, Cliff and Kyler, they didn't really unleash their full playbook and unleash their full capabilities because they knew they weren't going to be a good team last year. Now you add DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins in that mix. You give Murray a year of experience. The offensive line got a little bit improved. I think we might see some really explosive offense from the Cardinals this year, and I like them getting points, and I would keep eyes on them for over-unders as well throughout the season. That, that, that to me, is my sleeper team. Love that as a week one. Could not agree more. Yep. Beautiful. The hook is beautiful there, too. And this is a Cardinals team that played San Fran really close. I mean, you're talking about a team that won 13 games uh, last year in San Francisco. The Cardinals lost by a field goal and lost by 10 points in what was actually a really close game in November. So – 
for some reason, I think Arizona has San Francisco's number and you just alluded to it. I think it's on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're the Kingsbury offense kind of solves that Niners defensive edge, whatever it is. Yep. All right, folks, that is our week one in the books for our picks for all the listeners go out there, go to our site, doubledowntrent.com, Click on the man versus model button, create your account, make your picks. And what we're trying to do is, uh, is have whoever wins the week, whoever gets the most picks, right? You're going to come on if you would like and be our celebrity picker a lot like college game day does. So we want to get the people engaged, get you on here and play along with us and, and make your picks as well. So go ahead and do that. You've got up until Sunday at one o'clock Eastern time. Okay. We're not picking the Thursday night game in our challenge. So you've got some time. Do you want to make your picks with me? Do you want to make your picks with the model, with our insider Coulter, or do you just want to go on your own? The strategy is all yours. Boys, any uh, any parting thoughts here on week one, Coulter? No, I think we did a good job covering it. Uh, you know, I think we touched on pretty much every matchup, actually, indirectly. I don't think there was one that we didn't really mention. We didn't mention the Pats and, and Dolphins. Um, I think that one's a tough one to read. And we didn't, I, I guess we didn't really hit on the... Uh, the, your Giants, Pittsburgh and the Giants. Yeah, uh, that that was a line mover. It opened up at, th- at four, and it's now five and five and a half. And I think the Pittsburgh will continue to get pounded. That's one where wait till Monday night. If you like the yep. Giants, that could get up to a touchdown. That's mm-hmm. value. That's one I will be playing in real time at plus seven for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll let the listeners know I'm not touching the Giants at five and a half just yet. But if it gets up to a touchdown, I am going to have to. I'm going to have to take the points. I got to have to take it. I think Daniel dimes, uh, you just said it or Danny dimes. I should say, uh, with the Cardinals, I think the giants could be this year's team. We talked about judge last week. I think there's a lot of potential there as, as the giants as a sleeper, the defense worries me. Um, but yeah, that was one that we didn't touch under in the pod, but I just wanted to mention the giants Pittsburgh game. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'm the resident giants fan. So I'll give you the quick thing. I I do think the defense is still uh, not where it needs to be. So you're going to see the defense giving up a lot of points, the Giants are capable on offense. They've they've improved their line. They've got some weapons around them. I think what you're going to see is the Giants trailing a lot. And unlike when they were under Pat Shermer, they are probably now going to at least going to open up the offense and, and put up a ton of points as well. So a similar team to the Cardinals to keep your eye on. All right, everybody. That is week one in the books. We will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.